Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person. And on this edition of The Conversation, we'll talk with Liza Nicholas of the Department of Public Safety Communications, or Fairfax County's 911 Center, about 911 services in the county, as well as National Telecommunicators Week, which was celebrated April 12th through 18th. Liza, first of all, thanks for uh, being on the conversation Thank with you. us. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Talk about 911 services, and it's the Department of Public Safety Communications, so it's kind of a, a double name there. But before we kind of get into to that and talking about what uh, important work the 911 Center staff does. Let's talk a little bit about you and how in the world did you get involved in, in working for 911? Has it been a, a, a passion or was a family history of public safety service? Or? Actually, no. I moved down here from New York with my ex-husband and my two small, well, at the time, one small child. Yeah, yeah. And I have a history with and a background in human resource management. Hmm. However, Coming down here, I needed to look for a job, and it just so happens that I became a dispatcher. Yeah. And that was in 2008. Wow. Okay. And I've been there ever since, and it's been a pretty good experience. So you see this ad or hear about this job, and you just, just think in your head, hey, wow, that's that sounds like something I enjoy yes. doing. <laughs> Very much. Yes. <laughs> okay. And, but there's... Uh, a lot of training. It's not like you can pick up an ad. And I know that the 911 Center does advertise uh, fairly regularly, I guess, for, for dispatchers, call takers. But it's not something like you pick up an ad, you apply, you go through a job interview, and poof, they put you down on the floor, start taking 911 calls. No, that's not how it was at all. all right. I actually called it a mental boot camp. Okay. Because you train for 12 weeks. Oh, wow. Yes. And the, go through that a little bit. Yeah. No problem. Um, during the time that I went through it, it was a 12-week, what I call mental boot camp. It's in-class training, and you learn laws, ordinances. You learn policies, procedures, uh, county SOPs, standard operating, operating mm, procedures, okay. the agency's standard operating procedures, what to do, what not to do, how to take the calls, how to handle what we call a hysteria threshold. That mm. means someone who can be screaming their head off at you while you're trying to calm them and help them out in their crisis. Mm -hmm. There's so many intervention techniques. You learn so much during those 12 weeks. And then after that, you then go out to the floor, which is the operations center, and you sit with experienced call takers. Okay. And that's when you get your live, you know, there's no simulation there. Those are your live citizens, your live people. They've kind of changed up the academy a little bit, which is what we call it. It's the academy, okay, although I call it mental boot camp. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's the training academy. But you go home tired every day with that mental stuff. Yes, exactly, yeah. uh, because you have to be on top of your A-game mm. all the time. Mm. It's something that you're actually required not to have any other type of employment during that time because oh, wow. it takes so much mental ability and mental time that... It, it can drain you. Yeah. It can drain you. But it makes you a better dispatcher. Yeah. So you go through this intense training, and then you're on the floor with someone helping, guiding you, and eventually you become where they're, you know, you've proven you can do it. W- what's it like? I mean, you know, I, I think maybe folks have an idea from maybe movies they see or the occasional story on media they'll hear about, you know, a, a dispatcher, you know, helping someone deliver a baby over the phone or something like that. But but what's it what's it really like when you're getting those calls? Is it 
just nonstop, intense action? Are there lulls? I mean, kind of give us a, a feel for it. There are many lulls. There are many highs. Uh, that can include uh, the time that you have for what I call dead air, mm-hmm. where I work midnight shifts. Mm. So during the midnight, the same Monday through Thursday, it can be silent. It can be minimal calls. But Thursday night to Sunday night (laughs) when it's payday and happy hour and, Mm. you know, the clubs are open or the bars are open, Mm -hmm. very hectic. Mm. It can be very, very hectic from the type of calls that you get. You can get anything from noise complaints to stabbings and shootings and robberies. So your stress level can go from zero to 100 in less than two minutes. However, we're trained to... Just like that, probably. Exactly. However, we're trained to subdue ourselves so that we can get the necessary information, not only to help the citizen, but to protect our officers because they're our priority as well, Mm. our officers. I want to get into some tips that residents can do when they call 911, but first I want to kind of get, uh, again, narrowing it down, getting a feel. You get that call... What is it that a call taker, dispatcher, and I'm not sure of the proper terminology, someone someone on the other end of the 911 that's working, what is it that you're doing? You're you're gathering information, you're and, and then what are you doing with that information? Kind of kind of what what do people not see when they call you? What are you doing? We're trying to get the most information we can from you and the most important thing is the where You're calling about something. Location is key. If we can't understand you, if we're not psychics. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to further assist you, we need to know where exactly it is that your emergency is or what it is that you're calling about. Mm. That's key. And then phone number, your name, all that stuff, that's imperative because if we get disconnected, Mm -hmm. many people think that we we have a crystal ball. But... We still have to get certain basic information, right. and that's what we're doing. We're also, depending on the nature, we might, those that are experienced call takers slash dispatchers, mm-hmm. when, they get that, when we get that 911 call, sometimes from the tone we can tell whether it's a medical emergency. Hmm. At that time, we are preparing ourselves to ask certain questions, and they're kind of scripted questions, but we do have to follow EMD protocols, which are emergency medical dispatch protocols. Okay. And it's a set of cards that... Our county medical director, Dr. Weir, has guided us with. And, and, and what, is that? what does that mean? What are those cards? Are like certain typical situations like um, maybe someone's calling and they're exhibiting signs of a heart attack. I don't know. Do you have yes, a card we, for a heart attack or something We like have that? a card for a – it's a heart card. Uh-huh. And we have to ask specific – you telling me, for instance, I think I'm having a heart attack. Uh-huh. It can be something else. Uh-huh. However – I have to find out what exactly are the symptoms that you're feeling because mm. it may we might actually have a card reference something else. Mm. So it might not be your heart. It might be something that has to do with abdominal or whatever the mm. case may be. So those cards guide us to guide you so that we can send out the proper response for you. Mm. And that was something I was going to ask too. So while you're on the phone, you're trying to get all this information, you're also sending fire or police or whatever first responder personnel or equipment that's correct if you're if i'm (laughs) you're juggling several things yes if i'm the one that's taking the call from you as a citizen i'm entering the call into our computer dated dispatch system Uh if it's a medical call the fire dispatchers will then get the call they will review the call to make sure that i've entered it correctly 
and then they'll dispatch the necessary equipment. While I'm still on the phone with you, giving you instructions. So you're not being transferred. No, you're not being okay. transferred okay. or anything. You're still with that same dispatch, that okay. same call taker, okay. and you will be dealing with me until the help is dispatched and we've finished. Many times, some people, depending on the situation, right. might need us to stay on the line with them. So, so for a nine one one call, that's, uh, I, I guess maybe more so than not, there are more than one person involved from the 911 center side if i'm understanding it correctly you've got someone talking and then maybe somebody else dispatching or looking that is at this correct. computer we okay. are very lucky that we're a larger scale com- communication center versus a very small scale communication center because the call taker is focused on the call that they're on hmm. once that call is entered depending if it's a need for police it'll go to the police dispatchers if it's a need for fire ems rescue it'll go to the fire dispatchers if it's a combined what we call a combined event mm-hmm. for instance a shooting they both need police mm-hmm. and fire to respond both dispatch both dispatch groups get it wow yes okay sounds complicated <laughs> um it can sound complicated yeah. yes yeah okay to help with that complication or mm-hmm. complexity or, or trying to just make the response quicker and easier, what should I do if I'm calling 911? You kind of hit on it a little bit. The location was really important. But are there certain tips, certain things I should – I know it's going to be hard for me to remember if I need to call 911 <laughs> to remember what to do. But, but what are some things that folks should think about if they have to make that 911 call? Listen to who you're talking to. Really? Because huh. – it's my job to help you. But if you're yelling at me or you're nervous, <laughs> right. it's, it's understandable to be sure. nervous. It's, we understand that you're scared. It's our job to understand. We're people. And we know what it's like to be scared. However, when we say, listen to me, listen to me, be- it's because we know. We've been trained. We know what to ask you. We know what to send you. We know what to do. And you have to consider that I am trying to help you. But if you're yelling at me, if you think you know my job mm. and you're trying to tell me to do my job, all you're doing is wasting time. Slowing down the process. And slowing down the process from me helping you. Right. I, I, you know, I, I, I think I've heard Steve Souter, the director of, of the 911 center, say something to the effect of, if you're having to call 911, it's not your best day. You know, it's like it's like the worst day when you need to call 911. So someone may be emotional. They may be upset. Yes. They, how, how do you calm someone down like that? Is it just trying that pattern interrupt about, you know, listen to me or, you know, soften your voice? I mean, are there tips or techniques or something that you guys use to try to get that caller to calm down and I think it's situ- I think it's situational based. Yeah. Um, I've dealt with hysterical mothers. I myself, as a mother, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, and I know how tough that can be when your child is in distress. Mm. So I geared my compassion towards that, mm. that empathy, because I understand. Um, if I'm dealing with an intoxicated, belligerent person, I might have to show a little more command presence and a little more strength in my tone mm-hmm. and be a little more vocal um, to take control of the call. It, I, for me personally, it's more situation-based. Mm. So, But we do have the techniques. It can yeah. be as simple as lowering your tone. It can be as simple as just staying quiet. Hmm. Because if you keep talking and then all of a sudden you don't hear anything, you're right. going to go, hello. Right. And that's when we say, okay, now I need to ask you these right. questions. And sometimes 
you know, like in dealing with difficult people, sometimes they just want to feel like someone is listening to them. Yes. So, yes. Okay. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, a time not to call 911 is if your pizza is not there in a certain amount of time or. <laughs> that is correct. Like that that <laughs> is correct. <laughs> when should you not call 911? Is there. Are, I mean, I know that was kind of an over, top, over the top facetious no, example. No, it's not a facetious example because it has occurred. Not necessarily with pizza, but it has occurred because the someone at the drive-through at McDonald's, mm. meaning the worker, mm-hmm. didn't give the person what they asked for. Or any for. fast food restaurant. Any fast. Food. Okay. My apologies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. My apologies. Um, at any fast food restaurant, they didn't get something from the restaurant. Okay. Unfortunately, unless it's a life or death threatening emergency, your child fell twelve feet. Or any your husband felt from the roof trying to fix something. That's a life or death threatening emergency. Mm-hmm. Someone at gunpoint. That's a life or death threatening emergency. Not because your neighbor is playing loud music. We do have a non emergency number for those type of complaints. Okay, so that's interesting. So nine one one is for life threatening. Life or death threatening. Li- life or death yes. kind of situations. Uh, yes. Someone you think is in the house. Yes. That type of thing. Yes. Your personal safety. You mentioned non-emergency. Yes. Okay. Two, two-fold question. What is that number? And then give me some examples of what those non-emergency type situations are that I could call this number. Okay. The non-emergency number for Fairfax County is 703 Again, we're open 24-7, right. <laughs> 365 days, <laughs> 366 on leap year. Right. And you will call for noise complaints, Okay. Um, an intoxicated person, a, someone who's up to suspicious, suspicious activity. Maybe you notice someone is looking into cars hmm. with a flashlight, testing the doorknobs to see if they're open, or someone's doing that to residential homes, kind of just checking. Uh-huh. They look suspicious doing that type of activity. That's the number you would call hmm. for something like that. Okay. And so whether it's an emergency call or a non-emergency call, your um, the, the 911 center um, has police personnel and fire personnel kind of all co-located there, kind of on the floor, or dispatchers or call takers or something? No, actually it's only dispatchers and okay. call takers okay. that are at the dispatch center. Okay. We do have one firefighter, well, one fire department personnel mm. that represents and works with the fire dispatchers. Okay. They work as a liaison okay. with the fire department and the fire department units that are on the street and the fire dispatchers at that moment during that shift. They're called the, let me make sure I get this correct, Uniformed Fire Officer, mm. also known as a UFO, <laughs> as odd as that sounds. <laughs> and we also have either a police lieutenant working with us. Mm. They're known as the police liaison commander and they work with the police dispatchers and they're the liaison between the police units on the street during that shift and the police dispatchers if there's any discrepancy or any assistance that's needed um but other than that it's only dispatchers and the dispatch supervisors but the information's coming in from an emergency or non-emergency it's being shared it's being worked with so multiple agencies are getting the information and can do with it so like your example of someone you know, shining lights and cars and checking door handles that could that would go over to maybe the police side That's and they correct. would then kind of work with their units and maybe dispatch someone to go check it out. So 
even if someone is reluctant to call, they should still call? It's up to them. They can always refuse their information. The information that we collect is more so, you know, as far as the name and telephone number, mm -hmm. is more so if we get disconnected or if we have further questions. Gotcha. Because someone can describe someone dressed in all black clothing. It's our responsibility to help the officers and the citizen and the neighborhood to say, okay, was there anything specific about that dark clothing? Right. Were they a heavy set male or it could have been a female? Did they have long hair? Now males have long hair, dreadlocks. It could be anything, mm. you know, anything specific that might stand out so that when the officer's driving through the area, they just don't see five out, yeah. people dressed in all black. Right. Okay. We're talking with uh, Liza Nicholas of the Department of Public Safety Communications. That's Fairfax County's 911 center about uh, 911 and working with uh, residents and dispatching police and fire resources to, to help residents during the worst day of their life, I guess, if you will. Uh, but let's shift gears for just a minute. I want to make sure we, we hit um, National uh, Public Safety Telecommunicators Week because that was in April, April 12 through 18, and it's an, it's an annual event. If I remember my history correctly, it started, I think, out in California, someone wanting to recognize the 911 yes. personnel, and it's grown into a national uh, event, a very important time to recognize the, the work that the 911 uh, folks do. Uh, can you kind of talk a little bit about Communicators Week in Fairfax County, some of the things that 911 Center did, and I think you have an awards program, that kind of thing? Yes, well? on April 14th, we had our own DPSC Telecommunicators Award Week, and that's when employees are recognized by their fellow coworkers. They get nominated for certain awards such as Dispatcher of the Year, mm. uh, Police Dispatcher of the Year, Fire Dispatcher of the Year. A lot of these dispatch awards are named after previous dispatchers that mm. have long since left the center. So it's kind of an honor to be nominated gotcha. yeah. alone for those awards. Right. And the fact that you're nominated by your fellow fellow coworkers is even better. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have an award ceremony that we celebrate that with. Other things that we do are little activities. The supervisors kind of go above and beyond their own hectic schedule to make us feel a little extra special huh. because we've been described as the unsung heroes. Right. You call 911, you might be the little old lady that hears something and we stay on the line with you. Or you might be the one that has a six-month-old baby that's not breathing and trying to calm that mother or that father to provide them with CPR instructions and then help them get that baby breathing again. Mm -hmm. You know, no one really knows us or sees us, but hears us. Right. And a lot of the times, like our own Steve Souter says, you are the unsung heroes right. because nobody really knows you. Right. And they really go out of their way to make us feel just that extra special. And one of the things the center does is a couple of the squads, we are separated into four squads, two midnights and two day squads. Okay. And for the most part, each squad has their own activities mm. you know it can be anything from cooking special dinners mm. some of the supervisors might cook special dinners for their employees oh, wow. um, there are things such as a kindness box where people leave little notes mm. for their fellow co-workers yeah. it could be something as thank you for always listening to me you know thank you for being part of the team right and it actually does those little boost things up the, really matter. the little things that yeah. boost them around yeah. yes yeah Interesting. And I think an interesting point, too, that you you touched on, I think, a little bit earlier is you work midnight shifts. Yes, sir. But also it's not a it's not a normal eight hour day. I think you y'all the 
is it a 12 hour shift? It's a 12 and a half hour shift. Well, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> that is a long time. Yes, but it's the intangible benefits that yeah. that make it worth it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Awesome job by the folks at the 911 Center, Fairfax County's Department of Public Safety Communications. And um, just kind of wrapping it up here, Liza, you've been there how many years? How long have you been? Since 2008. Okay, so that's what, I'm horrible with math, six, seven years, something like that. <laughs> oh, don't, don't check me on that. But, I mean, after you got into it, what is it that keeps you going, that keeps you wanting to work these midnight 12 and a half hour shifts? There are several reasons, and honestly, I can't touch on so many of them, but I can be mom during the day, as tiring as it is, yeah. and still help people at night. It's it's a tough job. Yeah. And it's similar to Ronald Reagan when he said about the Marine the Marines yeah. where he said um if you ever questioned if you made a difference in someone else's life, the Marines don't have that problem. Well, it's kind of like us. Yeah. Wow. It, cool. We do make a difference. Yeah. Well, I was I was going to ask you what you could say if someone was sort of thinking about you know, working at 911, but I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you have you to multitask very well. <laughs> well, it sounds like it. Talking yes. on the phone, getting information, listening, you know, sending out resources. You know, I've kind of seen the floor. People may be standing over you, kind of watching, helping, support. Yes. So, wow. All right. If you'd like to get more information, I think the uh, the online website is fairfaxcounty.gov slash 911 which yes. folks can go uh, go get more information. Uh, last couple of seconds, anything I haven't asked you that you think someone should know or just last word from, from you about 911, uh, the importance of the Fairfax County's 911 Center? Anyone that has any questions or would like a tour, they can contact the administrative office. I'm pretty sure they can probably set that up. Nice. They might have to go through a little screening, right? but to get a little more knowledge of what we do. Right. All right. And remember, if you happen to uh, have to call 911, stay calm and location, location, location. That's right, sir. <laughs> and 703-691-2131 for your non-life-threatening That's calls. correct. All right. Liza Nicholas of the Department of Public Safety Communications, Fairfax County's 911 Center with us today on the County Conversation. Thanks to her for being here and thanks to you for uh, listening in. And if you need to get more Fairfax County news and events, we encourage you to go to fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Unlike 911, which is there 24-7. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the County Conversation produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.